Hello, a Play on Nerds listeners. Before the episode gets started, I want to apologize in advance because there are some digital artifacts throughout this episode, mostly when I'm talking. Apparently, there are still some kinks in our new recording setup, so I do apologize for that, and hopefully we'll have them all fixed by the next episode. So thank you for putting up with us and having some patience as we figure out this new recording system, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Live long and prosper. I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My whole Kermit's frog here. Her ties are cold. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. I still haven't gotten my extender arm for this podcast, but until that time, <laughs> I will eventually. Hey, folks, welcome to episode 104 of A Play on Nerds. Oh, my God, that's a lot. 104. Wow. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Jarman, your co-host, along with... I'm the other co-host, Steve. <laughs> I'm so great at setting him up. And every night, I knock him down. <laughs> Not quite. But uh, this week, we're going to be talking about European vacations, including my own personal European vacation I just took, and the film European Vacation, National Lampoon's European Vacation. The comedy genius and possibly most mediocre of all the vacation films, and I'm excited for us to get into it. Really, really is kind of kind of mediocre. I'm, we're not fighting one way or the other for this one because we can just be honest about no, it. We're just here to enjoy what it was and the shame that it was. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, but until then. Uh, what have you been up to this time before so, I jump into yeah. my European vacation? Let's, let's start with me because mine will be shorter. Uh, well, we got a grandma and grandpa in town right now. Oh, very cool. My mom and dad are in town. Uh, we started out by going down to Santa Cruz, which is a nice beach town about an hour south of us, uh, and stayed at a family friend's condo down there for three or four nights. Uh, did some beach time, did drive up the Pacific Coast Highway to see some beautiful coastline. Kids got plenty of time with grandma and grandpa. Grandma fed the kid way too much ice cream. <laughs> That's what grandparents are for. And yes, mom, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> That's the great part job is to, they can spoil these kids as much as they want because they aren't their kids anymore. They can just do it. That's true. That's true. And then, and then they get on a plane and leave and you're just there picking up the pieces. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the best part of being a grandparent. Uh, but yeah, so they're in town. We had a lot of fun with them and now they are up in the big city in San Francisco for a few days. Uh, I go back to work for a few days and then we're going to spend this coming weekend with them as well. Oh, so they're here for a while. Yeah. And they're going to get to go to go do a uh, trick or treat event with Joyce on Sunday. So, so they get to go do a little bit of Halloween with her granddaughter. And listeners won't know this, but uh, right before the broadcast, uh, Steve surprised me with a FaceTime call with his daughter. It was so adorable. She said, night, night, Uncle Jarman. And I almost died. <laughs> yes. And she said it's so, so quiet and so sweet. Night, night, Uncle Jarman. It's yeah, like, oh, it's, oh, my heart. It's, it's almost enough to break a man. I, I almost <laughs> broke. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> you almost broke me. <laughs> uh, but and we also did Monterey Bay Aquarium, which was fun and was always great. It's been a fun visit. Oh, people should know that Steve loves aquariums. I do love aquariums. I am a member at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. <laughs> I don't know why he loves aquariums so much, but he does. There's something soothing about fish. 
I could say the best thing I'd say about aquariums is they're soothing. Yeah. Otherwise, they bore the hell out of me. <laughs> like fish and like especially invertebrate, like jellyfish and stuff, they figured it out yeah. millions and millions of years ago. Just relaxing. They've had their shit figured out forever. We're the ones that overcomplicated things. That's true. We got too much going on. That's right. I look at my cats that way a lot. I'm like, they have it figured out. They're just sitting around, relaxing all day long, eating, pooping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they learn to tolerate us just enough. Yeah. Smart, smart animals. Yeah. Uh, so what have you been up to world traveler Jarman? <laughs> well, I must apologize to our audience for taking such a long hiatus after we're doing so well doing show after show after show. Uh, but uh, I did have to go on an 11 day trip abroad uh, with the girlfriend. We went to first, we went to London. So I do have to thank, first of all, my, uh, listener, Paul Wright for Bob, uh, and Chris Mitchell, an old podcasting buddy of mine for who are England natives for giving some advice, places to go before I went, I sent them an email a long time ago. And I not knowing as a dumb American, not knowing how big England actually is, they, they were definitely too far away to actually come visit us while we were in London. They're like, you know, two, three, four hours out. Uh, wow. but you know, at the same time they were, they're great. And I wish I could have seen them. Uh, but I've seen both of them in Orlando. Actually, they've come visit Disney world. It's like 20 minutes away from my house. So I, I've seen both of them in Orlando, which is funny. Um, but I got to see London. We stayed at a nice hotel called the London edition. We stayed near the theater district, uh, got to Ooh. see book of Mormon while we were there at the West end, which was awesome. Book of Mormon. So Killer. funny. Um, just traveling around the shops, different restaurants. We went to white chapel for, um, the Jack, the Ripper tour, which was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, that was basically, and also they had a, they have a projector on the tour. So the tour guide occasionally would find a dark alley and project images and like evidence from the original case onto the wall, so you could see pictures of the dead bodies and stuff, which I didn't look at. Uh, Kate was just soaking it all in. My girlfriend, she was loving it. Uh, oh yeah. But the alleyways and stuff are still really creepy. A lot of original buildings that are still there, and um, you could see the the old crime scene photos compared to the actual um, wow. area, and it was just really creepy. Otherwise, Whitechapel is like kind Anna of like a so much. Sounds like what? I th- it sounds like Anna would dig that so much. She is always preparing for my murder. <laughs> How she can get away with it? <laughs> well, she said she's going to have to make it look like an accident because she's admitted she can't move my body. That is true. That is true. She's too tiny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's got to like get me like I've got to be on the side of the Grand Canyon. When no one's looking. And she gives me a push or something. <laughs> Like, like, it's got to be that kind of scenario for it to work. Well, then I'll know that she killed you and I'll know that you probably deserved it. That's true. I hope everyone remembers this podcast <laughs> and it gets submitted in court. Well, the cool thing about Whitechapel was that it's definitely kind of um, at first very dingy when you get off the tube and you're like, oh, this is uh, not that exciting. But then there's, right. it's been hipsterfied in certain areas, cool bars and stuff like that. We went to a speakeasy that was oh, there. Neat. Yeah, we like, walked through like a refrigerator to like a speakeasy bar, which is kind of neat. And uh, we tried to use this website called um, Atlas Obscura for a lot of our trip, which uh, shows you the cool, weird things in each city around the world. Um, there's even one for like Orlando and probably one for your city, too. Um, which took us a lot of weird museums and strange areas of cities instead of seeing the regular touristy stuff, um, which is a shame because Kate's not that into museums. So we didn't see a lot of museums on our trip, which is unfortunate. But uh, maybe next time I go, I can do that. Um, so then from London, uh, after doing a lot of cool stuff there, we briefly saw Notting Hill, uh, that kind of thing. And we took a cruise that left out of Southampton and went from Southampton to, uh, was going to go to France, but the one day we were going to dock in France, they were having a strike 
a docker strike. So we couldn't go to France at all. So instead of going to France, then to Bruges in Belgium, we just had two days in Bruges, which I was so happy about because Bruges was awesome. Okay, killer. (laughs) Have you ever ever seen In Bruges, the movie? Oh, yeah. Great under the radar film. Oh, so good. And apparently it really helped their tourism there a lot. It increased their tourism there. Uh, It's Colin Farrell movie. Really good. Um, Brennan Gleeson. There's these two assassins who basically are going to be retired. So they get sent to Bruges to be debriefed, basically. And Colin Farrell's so bored because it's this medieval town, but it's so beautiful. It's just medieval buildings and cobblestone roads and horse and carriages and uh, museums and great cafes and the courtyards and Uh stuff. It was awesome. Uh, And we got rented bikes, went around there. It was really exciting. Uh, And the coolest thing was throughout this whole trip is that you have no internet with an international phone. We didn't get the SIM card thing. So we just had our phones and so we, we tried to go from pub to pub to use their Wi-Fi and to use their Wi-Fi, we'd buy a beer to be a customer there. And then Kate has a tiny bladder. So it was always about scheduling each pub to get Wi-Fi, use the bathroom and get another beer, which then made her want to go to the bathroom again 30 minutes later. So it was like we had beers all throughout the day in every city, basically. <laughs> but uh, that's the key to it. You have to make it a system. Exactly. And then we would download our maps every time we went to a pub just through the Wi-Fi. Um, so then next, next stop was, uh, Amsterdam. We spent a, a long day in Amsterdam. The boat stayed there overnight. So the, during the day we went to see all the cool sites, the uh, old buildings, the, you know, just the whole city itself. And then at nighttime we went out with this couple we met in the boat and we actually saw the red light district for the evening and didn't do anything crazy because none of us, uh, in, partake in marijuana. So we didn't do that. We didn't do any magic mushrooms because we didn't want to be, you know, Blasted over minds <laughs> in some That's strange You don't city. want to do that for the first time in Europe. Yeah, not for the first time. If I was an expert, maybe I'd try it, but no, I've never done it before. Dude, so. if you were tripping out on shrooms and then suddenly, like, no one spoke your language, you'd be so <laughs> boned. Well, the cool thing was, everyone spoke English pretty much everywhere we went. Um, at least a pretty good English. At least they could do business with you. Right. Um, except for the place we went last, which I'll talk about later. But, um, so. That was interesting, though. The Red Light District was, you know, it's kind of dying. Uh, they've been cracking down on a lot of uh, sex trafficking and and drug trafficking that's happening there. So now it's just basically very small. It's like two streets and there's only, you know, like one peep show place, one sex show place, uh, but lots of windows with women in them waiting to be uh, purchased, basically. Right. Um, and they're standing in lingerie and just kind of, you know, taunting you as you come by and kind of like trying to get you to come in and buy their services. But uh we're this very Christian Georgia couple from Georgia and they were, um, they were just very bamboozled by the whole thing, but they were in awe and having a good time. Uh, we had a lot of beers in us and then went back to the boat and the next stop was Hamburg, Germany. Uh, do not recommend Hamburg to anybody. <laughs> okay. So this is from somebody when I was younger, about 14, I went to South Germany, like Bavaria and went to even Austria and Vienna and everything. And that that was awesome. Beautiful, uh, great places, lots of great food, schnitzel and everything. Hamburg has no no traditional German food and it's very stark and gray. What you think of when someone says the word post-war, like just burnout, graffiti. The graffiti was actually beautiful, but besides that, it was just very kind of depressing Huh. Uh, and this big thing everyone talked about this giant flea market that happens on Saturdays in Hamburg. So we're like, oh, we're going to go to this flea market. So we get there and it's your basic flea market slash garage sale. People are selling broken phones, old shoes. 
There was no cool antiques. It was just like, this is disappointing. <laughs> so we went to a restaurant. I got a burger in Hamburger, which, in Hamburg, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> and some beer. And uh, then at the end of that day, we get a call from our dog sitter. And our old dog that Kate has had for 14 years had to be taken to the emergency room. And unfortunately, they had to put the dog down. Oh, that's unfortunate. While we were in Hamburg and this Kate's had this dog forever. And they said we could keep the dog alive for $3,000 until you get back in two days. Or we can put it down now for a total of $900. And so because it had already, it had already taken tests and stuff like that. So she's like, well, after all we've, we've done this trip, all the money we've spent. And it's not going to be alive much longer anyways. We just need to put it down. And she was crying. And it was like, so Hamburg was just terrible all around. <laughs> At least you were in a terrible city. At least it didn't ruin a good city. Yeah, exactly. If it was in Bruges, I'd be so sad. Because that was my favorite part of the trip was Bruges. Um, but then we had at sea days in the boat, which is great. It's MSC Cruises, which I'd never heard of. But it's a giant ass floating city boat. Um, unlimited food, unlimited drinks. Um, but it's mostly 50 to 70 age crowd. So wow. there wasn't a lot of nightlife. Uh, Kate would go to sleep at like nine o'clock and I go out to like try to enjoy the nightlife and there was nothing to do. There was like shuffleboard and bingo and that kind of thing. <laughs> but, right. But okay. the, food, the food was fantastic though. Well, good. Uh, but what I learned about just going around and just seeing these beautiful old places that Europeans take for granted because us as Americans don't have anything beyond 200 years old really. Um, and most of our stuff is not even 30 years old. So just walking yeah. around any city in Europe, you see things that are so old next to something so new. And it's just, it's put things in perspective that we don't have. And people were really nice, even though we live in Trump's America, they didn't judge us for that. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Canadians. And we always said we, the joke we always told was, I wish we were Canadian. We could say that instead of being American. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was a hey, good time. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Sorry, for Sean, it's for you, Sean Vanderloo. No, it's like, I don't have an accent. And he always says that, but then he still ha- says a, and he says, uh, sorry. He doesn't say sorry, sorry. But, but he says, sorry. sorry. It's like, it's, it's sorry. a subtle version but, of it. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. Sean. Uh, You're great. No Sean. offense. We love you. I listen to every episode of all of your podcasts. So rusted get- robot podcast and the soul forge. Th- think about it. Think about it. Admiral Adama. Admiral Adama. And I'm sorry about that. Oh, that destroys my voice. Me too. It makes me cough every time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yeah, that uh, was my trip to Europe. Uh, there's probably wow. a lot more I'm forgetting. Cool things happen. Oh, the biggest thing I have to mention, I finally met one person who is my age. He was at the bar at the same time. And he turns to me and says something because I was talking to the bartender about something. He goes, I just find you. And I said, what? He goes, oh, my name's James. Uh, uh, hi. <laughs> he says, my name's Saint. I said, what? My name's Start. I said, Start? Your name is Start? And he's like, you're going to laugh. And he hands me his his license. And his license says Stuart. <laughs> Start. <laughs> but he's like, my name's Start. <laughs> and so we're both very intoxicated, trying to communicate, both speaking English, mind you. And he could understand everything I was saying because all of he, he's imported so much American film and television that he understands everything I'm saying. But I could understand about 30 percent of what he was saying. <laughs> and he was from Edinburgh and he was just from Scotland. And he was just like, and I was like, <laughs> and he would try like 10 times to tell me a joke. 
And I'll play the clip here of him actually talking, Stuart, because I made him record a message for my girlfriend because she didn't believe this guy existed. She wake up in the morning and be like, oh, I hung out with Stuart last night. She's like, well, this guy is, is make-believe. He's not a real person. I hung out. Start. 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 <laughs> He's like, did you have a good time? And I said, what? He's like, I said, Stuart, really? Okay. You need to slow everything down about 70%. And I'll understand what you're saying. He's like, did you have a good time in British? And I was like, oh, thank you, Stuart. Thank you. <laughs> But it was just, it was so, so hard trying to communicate. And he was speaking English. <laughs> Hi, Kate. Uh, just wishing you, hope you had a good time in the MSC cruise. I'm up here with Germain. Loving you. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, that was uh, one of the highlights of the trip. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and uh, only other update for the week is that I just got a gig today, which I'm proud of. Uh, it's an independent video game very dark very violent looking it's on steam it's called lucius 3 it's the third in a series of games um graphics look fantastic uh but i play a small part um named bruce williams um in this game coming out so pre-order now lucius 3 Ooh. and you can hear jarman's voice in it that's all all right <laughs> so does that take us into some nerdy news i i think it does it's time for Nerdy News. And if I'm really talkative, it's because I'm pretty tired and loopy, so I'm sorry if I'm yapping too much. That's all right. So uh, this week in the world of Nerdy News, uh, I bring to you just a, a startling revelation that the, that the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences made. Oh, uh, this week that, that they have uh, revealed that 25 movies, 25 films were submitted for best animated feature this year. Whoa. Who submits them? Like just the people that made them, I guess. Or they have to like basically say that they're up for nomination or they've met all the criteria. But Dr. Seuss is a Grinch. Uh, Early man. Fireworks. Have a nice day. Hotel Transylvania. Three Incredibles Two, Isle of Dogs. I haven't even heard of most of these. Liz and the Bluebird, Makila, When the Promised Flower Blooms, The Night is Short, Walk On Girl. I haven't heard of any of these. No, not, not most of them. They're Sherlock, all- Sherlock Gnomes, Smallfoot, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Teen Titans Go the Movie, Tito and the Bird. It's just... They're all actually nominated? Uh, no, but they have been submitted for nomination. Oh, okay. That makes more it's sense. Just, just insane. I mean, some of those are really good. Like, I've heard Isle of Dogs is fantastic. I heard Enter the Spider-Verse is fantastic. Um, but, like, I don't think the Sherlock Gnomes needs to be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Or Teen Titans Go, the movie. No, probably not. So, yeah, just crazy. Just crazy competition in the world of animated film this year. Interesting. I need to watch some of these movies. No. <laughs> I still need to watch Coco and the Two Strings movie. Those are- uh, Kubo and the Two Strings is real good. Coco is okay. Okay, you've seen them both. I heard that. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a parent. I've I've seen it all. You're gonna watch all 25 of those noms. No, <laughs> no. We're gonna we're gonna watch Moana for the seven thousandth time. <laughs> there is no more silence. There is only Moana. <laughs> oh God, you poor thing. <laughs> is that your new uh, story? Yeah, that's it. Well, mine has a, a, a ripping tag name here. Poopin' Plastic. 
So a, pre- a presentation at a gastroenterology conference in Vienna studied fecal matter from eight subjects from eight different countries with all different kinds of diets and found that they all had microplastics in their poop. So microplastics meaning like just this trace amounts of plastic all throughout their fecal matter. And the thing was, they're just, it was an initial study. So they're going to do further studies now. But what it means so far is that either from our food, whether it be from the plastics that hold our food, like the plastic bottles we drink water from, or we microwave things in plastic, or just the containers that they're held in and it's like absorbs into the food, or all the plastic we're dumping into the ocean, which gets into our fish, which fish gets fed to other things. Even if you don't eat fish, it gets uh, transcribed in all of our food that we eat. Um, so they don't know which one it's from yet. They also, they're pretty sure it's not good for our health. Um, Probably. But, but they're going to find out exactly which foods do it in the next study and also what health effects it might have. But we're pooping plastic, folks. And it's from eight different countries, people with very different diets. So it's like everybody's getting it. We're all getting plastic. And there's so much more plastic production now. Like from 1950 to now, it's been like, I don't know, like 300 times more or something plastic is produced. Um, and we put everything in plastic. So it's not good. Don't microwave shit in plastic either. Just, I never do that. Don't don't ever do that. Bad idea. It's okay. Something's always killing us. <laughs> True. Well, I don't have music for our first segment, but we're going to jump into some European vacation trivia slash funny European laws uh, for our first segment before can we just, jump into our main just feature. Can play Holiday Road? I can play it more than once. Absolutely. Oh, God. I love that song. All right. Long ago. This feels better already. It does. So to get us uh, ready to talk about European vacation. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, we're going to play a song from the soundtrack and talk about <laughs> some, some cool European vacation trivia I dug up. <laughs> nice. Uh, so uh, Europe, actually the second smallest continent, only bigger than Australia. Okay. And uh, all of Europe is only 2% bigger than Canada. It's bigger than Canada? By I 2%. By 2%. I, I wouldn't have guessed it was bigger than Canada. I would have thought Canada was bigger. Uh, well, keep in mind, there's also like Greenland and Iceland and stuff and all that land up there. That's huge landmass that nobody really lives on. Not part uh, of Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are throughout Europe, there are 50 distinct languages spoken throughout Europe. Crazy. But to give you a comparison, America is estimated to have 350 languages spoken in homes around the U.S. Really? Yep. Wait, so how many in Europe? 250. Oh, wow. So we're actually more of a language melting pot than they are. Absolutely. Crazy. Uh, So a lot of people think that Europe's most visited tourism destination is the Eiffel Tower or maybe Big Ben. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, the report is in and it's Disneyland Paris. (sighs) Gosh. It's the most visited tourism destination in Europe. Of course. Uh, uh, fun fact about Bulgaria. Bulgaria is the oldest country in Europe. Its name has been Bulgaria and not changed since about 641 AD. Wow. It has been Bulgaria. That's fascinating. Yeah. How do you go to Bulgaria? Uh, and uh, just recently, uh, I think 2014, they found the largest colony of super ants, super colony of ants, uh, 
under Europe, stretching 3,700 miles all the way from Spain to Italy. Wow. Did they wreck it? No. So this colony is still in place. It's all these overlapping colonies, multiple queens, like seven regions or something like that, but that all share territory, work together, breed together. That's awesome. Yeah. And they actually also found out they found a giant one under Sydney, like a super colony that is, takes up all of under Sydney. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and now I've got some cool, uh, European laws. Okay. That you're, things you're going to want to avoid when you're in various places in Europe, most of them left over from times past. <laughs> we have um, some of those too. Oh yeah. I'm sure if you looked at the U S you could find all sorts of that crap. Uh, in Milan, you always have to be smiling. <laughs> the only is exceptions if you are at a funeral. Interesting. That's still a law. It's a law, a law that was put in place when the Austrians took over in the 1800s uh, to like make the locals like raise morale for them occupying their area, uh, and they just never got repealed. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, uh, high heels are banned and uh, illegal in some Greek and Roman ruins because they are really hard on the rocks. Makes sense. Uh, uh, here's a real old school one left over. In England, it is illegal to flag a taxi or use public transportation if you have the plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, in Denmark, it is not punishable. When people attempt to escape prison. Really? They deem that it is part of human nature for people to want to escape. So they do not add, add time to sentences. Once again, why Denmark is one of the happiest countries in the world. Uh, here's one for you, German. Over the French town of Chateauneuf de Pape. <laughs> I tried. Uh, it is illegal to fly or land a flying saucer. <laughs> So aliens are breaking the law all the time. That's right. Uh, and I found out in Finland, uh, traffic fines are actually gauged off of the income of the person they're being written for. Really? That's, that's perfect. That's Finland. So, uh, yeah. So the poor don't get taxed as much as the rich and the rich feel it just as bad. That makes a lot of sense. Those freaking Scandinavian countries do everything right. Not everything, but well, they're not everything, there. but a lot of things. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit of fun European vacation trivia to get us talking about National Lampoon's European vacation. Woo! Uh, I love that song. It's so happy. That refrain. Holiday Oh, that was um if you can frown while you're singing that song something's <laughs> wrong with you they should play that in finland year round so that everyone smiles all the time <laughs> we're not finland but, long. Long. <laughs> but apparently it's by that uh lindsey buckingham i always thought it was by a different person but that's wow. who sings that song there you go folks i guess i never put that together before it's amazing <laughs> who is fleetwood mac isn't he lindsey buckingham yeah, he is. He is Fleetwood Mac. He's the guy that was made fun of on Saturday Night Live. Bill Hader played him, and they never got to him yeah, as a guest. Yeah, never, never said a word. Yeah, it's a real good bit. <laughs> He's always upset that he smiles and laughs. He's like, I don't care. It's fine. Yeah, we uh, get that. <laughs> uh, so 
before we venture into the the full discussion of European vacation, I just want to take a moment to recognize that that uh, six different actors have played Rusty. Six, the son in all these films. Yes, six different actors have played Rusty. Are there six films? So, so here, so this is where things get crazy. So I said the exact same thing. Wait a minute, are there six movies? All right, you got to hear this. Okay. So the, the original was uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Right. In the original vacation movie where they go to Wally World. Great young actor. Uh, then in the next film, you've got Jason Lively. That's in this who, film. Yeah, in, in this movie. Who did a, a, some stuff in this time frame and then disappeared and I think is now works in science somewhere. And he's Blake Lively's half-brother. Oh, good for him. I saw good that for trivia, him. yeah. Um. Then after that, somehow Rusty got younger for Christmas Vacation and is played by a young Johnny Galecki, who is uh, now on Big Bang Theory. Oh, I totally forgotten about that. Then you've got Ethan Embry, who was an actor that everyone knows from something. He was in that thing you do, and he was did a small arc on Once Upon a Time. Uh, he played it in Vegas Vacation. Right. So now this is where things get interesting. So in 2010, they made a 14-minute short film called Hotel Hell Vacation that starred Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo as the Griswolds on a short road trip to go visit Rusty and his kids. Interesting. And it's just them staying at a really bad hotel, and the room they have, the, the ceiling is too short, and... uh a video call Rusty and it's played by a guy named Travis Greer, who you won't recognize, I think from anything. I don't, I didn't recognize him from anything. Um, but this exists. This happened. Was it on Hotel, TV only? I guess, uh, I guess it was an online short weird, but, but somehow they landed Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy chase. I don't know how, but yeah, Travis Greer in 2010. And then finally Ed Helms in the most recent, uh, reincarnation vacation. Right. So yeah, six actors have played Rusty. <laughs> I actually really enjoyed the reboot, the new one that came out. Well, not reboot, but like uh, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, certainly. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um but yeah, so so but I just thought that'd be fun to talk about before we got into it. Yeah, and I um, I would say just uh, Chevy Chase in general, I loved as a kid. For some reason I had lots of VHS cassettes of like Fletch, Fletch Lives. Uh, Funny Farm, lots of other movies that he did in the 70s and 80s. And I just loved his physical comedy. He was so awkward and tall and just like the great straight man kind of weird comedy, physical comedy that he did. So I, it was a favorite of mine. I think Christmas Vacation and Vegas Vacation I had watched a billion times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Vegas Vacation, which I just rewatched, I don't know, a month ago or so for some reason. A much better film than I remembered it being. Yeah, it was like 95, I think, or 97. It came out much later. 97. Uh, I think it was 97. But yeah, it was just crazy. Um, so let's talk about this thing uh, that happened. <laughs> this film. So it, starts, it starts out with the Griswolds on this television show. And before that, the cute opening credit sequence with their passports being stamped and everything. That was cute. Which was apparently Chevy Chase's idea. So yeah. good on him. And they have uh, uh, Sean Astin's dad, John Astin. John. Uh, and he's playing a character named Kit, Kent Winkdale, the host of this show, who is actually just an amalgamation of a guy named Wink Martindale, 
who hosted a bunch of game shows in the 70s and 80s. And then Richard Dawson, who hosted Family Feud and was notorious for just mouth kissing every woman. Oh, you can find on YouTube uh, like Match Game and I think uh, Family Feud, but he would just go down the line and kiss every woman in the family on the mouth, even like young girls. That's why this is not that far from reality. It's just right. creepy. But that uh, actress playing uh, Audrey is uh, like 21 when this is filmed. She just looks really young. So that's, that's right. why it's kind of weird. Uh, so they go on this game show called Pig in the Poke where they've won a bunch of fabulous prizes, but they press their luck to go for the big European vacation prize. And somehow they win and they go on this European vacation. I love that they win by, you know, saying Lewis and Clark is and Clark is the answer. And she goes, Clark, and then gets the answer right. Uh, they had early Hungarian cabinet making is one of those categories, which is hilarious. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, they win uh, the, the vacation from the be a pig game show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they decide to go and they start out their adventure in France. Um, and before this is actually probably one of my favorite scenes in the film. And it's where they're kind of like all imagining what Europe's going to be like. Oh, on the plane. The plane's the best part of this whole movie, yeah. I think. And, and Rusty is at the disco and Clark is is in the sound of music for some reason. <laughs> the hills are alive. And uh, yeah, Beverly D'Angelo is uh, meeting the queen and, and king and uh, Princess Di, which is weird. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that was really funny. And the best line of the entire movie, I'm going to play right here, which is on that plane. Here it goes. Would you like something to drink? Ellen, you want something? No, no, thank you. Uh, I'll have a Coke. Do you want that in the can? No, I'll have it right here. <laughs> that's a very, like, airplane-esque. That's what I wrote. It's like, it's a timeless exchange. joke that just works in any setting, and it's just so stupid. He looks towards the bathroom. He's like, no, no, I'll have it right here. <laughs> it's just so <laughs> stupid. I love that. I laughed out loud when that happened. It was amazing. <laughs> um. So, oh, God. And I think I around this it. point is where I said that Rusty is just so awkward, the kid playing him. Uh, he wouldn't even, he didn't even look cool in his dream sequence. Uh, Audrey Yeah, is, they did pick a real awkward actor. And Audrey is so weird looking, but I felt bad saying that because I found out from the trivia that she died 10 years later from diabetes complications. But uh, she's a weird looking actress. That's for yeah, sure. she was. <laughs> um. But yeah, so they they stay in all these horrible places everywhere. Everywhere they're at, it's obviously like the cheapest accommodations. <laughs> oh, well, in England, yeah, they stay at this uh, basically like bed and breakfast type of place. It's run by this mother and her son. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> the I love that the only channels they could watch are like the BBC one, two, three, and four. So he's all confused, like where's MTV? And like the only things that are on are documentaries about cheese, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> Uh, the constant bit of like Clark driving on the wrong side of the road and, and getting into accident after accident, running over a bicyclist. It's Eric Idle from Monty Python. <laughs> Which apparently uh, they really, Chevy Chase is kind of notorious for not getting along with people that he works with. Right. Uh, but apparently him and Eric Idle hit it off, hung out a ton, and even started writing a sequel to this, uh, National Lampoon's Australian Vacation. They got together to do it and basically found that all they had were a bunch of shark jokes and bits and that they didn't have anything else. <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> so the you, project get, 
the project fell apart. It's weird that you get Chevy Chase and Eric Idle together. They can't write a movie. That's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, it uh, that happened. <laughs> um, so they go to Stonehenge and they're leaving England and uh, they, he knocks it over. they knock it over on the way out. They don't even notice. Uh, uh, and then this is one of my favorite bits, actually, uh, when they're in, I think they're in France. Uh, and they're getting a family picture and they ask someone to take their picture with his nice camcorder. And the guy talks them into taking their shoes off and getting in the fountain. <laughs> and the guy runs off with the camera. <laughs> pretty that great. was a real, that was real good to me. And really they go to a really French good. restaurant and uh, there's a really rude French waiter, but they don't know he's being rude because he's speaking in French and smiling. Uh, but then they go back to the, the chefs making their meals and it's all TV dinners. They're shoving onto a plate and putting a French flag into it. A little French flag in it. Yeah, it was real <laughs> really cute bits throughout this movie that just don't add up to a good movie which is kind of a shame right. they, they go to the eiffel tower and clark embarrasses rusty in front of a girl with an embarrassing hat uh they take she wants to go to a, a romantic dinner with clark so he takes her to a burlesque bar with a bunch of japanese businessmen <laughs> which is and terrible. then they find out they find that rusty's there with a prostitute <laughs> and somebody knows automatically it's a prostitute uh, I mean, yeah, she was definitely a prostitute. Uh, so then they go to Germany and they go and they meet up with their family who they get the address wrong and they just barge in on some random overly kind German couple. <laughs> and the, those bratwurst and uh, it just looked fantastic. I want to eat them. They, they, they did. All that sauerkraut looked real good. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, and then there, there's the whole Oktoberfest thing with some great memorable moments. That was, that's what uh, I remember the most from watching this as a kid is that the him dancing with all the guys in Lederhosen. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Well, here's I feel like this is this movie didn't. I don't know, need an R rating. Like they didn't besides the toplessness randomly, they didn't. There was nothing else that's warranted this film having an R. I put that in my last thing. It says the whole thing is pretty much family humor. So it's stupid that they put the nudity in so that the families couldn't see it because it was basically like cheesy kind of family jokes throughout the whole movie. And it could have been a family film. Not that I want it to be because most of the vacation movies are pretty crass and funny. And, but this movie was not like that except for the random boobs. Right. It just didn't need to be. And I was like, Oh, so they could have not put those in at the time, gotten a PG because PG 13, I don't think existed. Right, not until uh, uh, Last Crusade, I think. One of the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, the first PG-13 was um, Red Dawn. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's right. It was right after Gremlins and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out. That's what it was, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, same thing. It's just two, like two scenes where they had to put in boobs and otherwise it would have been fine. <laughs> I forgot the Germany part looking for his, his family relatives. So they're going to try to find number six on this street. And the daughter says, sex is how you say six in German. So he goes to this door, knocks on the door and says, Guten Tag, my family and I are looking for sex. <laughs> and they close the door in his face. <laughs> oh, that was a great line. <laughs> uh, so then they end up getting chased out of Germany because they ruin Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the uh, bell they, rings they, and then the, uh, Rusty's Rusty's trying to make out with this chick with her top off and the bell start ringing the tower and she's like oh my god the tower has not rung that bell until in such a long time he's like what does it mean he's like they're going to hang someone and he's like my dad <laughs> he runs away because he knows this is dad that's going to be hung <laughs> uh, so then the Griswolds head to Rome mm-hmm. 
they get mixed up with a bunch of thieves and bad guys somehow. Yeah, he's kind of shoved uh, in there just randomly. Uh, these guys who had just robbed a check cashing place, uh, they kept the clerk hostage, but they don't want to kill him. So they put him in a trunk and they're waiting for some rube to walk in so they can somehow push it off on them. So for some reason, he gives Clark $3,000 and gives them the car. And they don't know that the clerk is actually in the trunk of the car. So they're driving around Italy. They go to this. They go shopping for clothes with this new money they have. And the montage with them shopping was so boring and just pointless. I just. And there's a weird. What? There's a song in there. It was was out of place. What the hell is this? Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) Oh, and then. uh, So (laughs) another funny part is that Audrey is like, I want to go home and see my boyfriend. If I don't see him and and I get home and he's with somebody else, I'll just die. And Clark's like, don't you want to see the Coliseum before you die? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's just there's certain lines just hit really well, but then nothing cohesed together. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they could do a great car chase where basically the bad guy is trying to get the keys to the car back so we can get the guy in the trunk uh, from I was called Beverly D'Angelo. What's her actual name? Um, I mean, really, it's Beverly D'Angelo. No, what's the character's name? Ellen. 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 Griswold. There we go. Ellen Griswold. He's trying to get the keys back from Ellen. So he tries to, he basically kidnaps her eventually because he can't get the keys from her. Uh, He's uh, going in another car. They get in his car. Clark's chasing her down the streets of of Rome, uh, which is actually a pretty good scene. You see a lot of sights in Rome as they're going around and uh, he collects Rusty and some other American girl, which goes nowhere. Uh, (laughs) Plot thread. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, everyone calls them Greaseball throughout the movie, which is funny. Instead of Griswold, they goes, "Oh, Mister Greaseball." <laughs> I never got. I didn't catch that. I <laughs> did it like in two different countries. Oh, Mister Greaseball. <laughs> so uh, Clark rescues Ellen. Everything works out. They get a huge, a big reward, and sent back to the U.S. on a first class flight as a thank you for getting all the money back. I think. I didn't notice that. Maybe I don't know. I might be making that up in my head. <laughs> Maybe you saw a different version than I did. <laughs> That's right. I saw the director's cut. <laughs> uh, I put that uh, Audrey ends up doing really well. The actress, she was actually really funny and really good throughout, even though she's so weird looking. Uh, yeah, and she she is one of the like she's kind of that that dry humor. Yeah, to play off the goofiness of Rusty, which works kind of well. And Eric Idle is great throughout. He constantly is getting running into them in every country. Um, Beverly D'Angelo is sexy as hell, I think, in this movie. (laughs) She is. She did real well for herself. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And everything works out for the Griswolds. What was the ending? I put the ending was terrible. I'm just now forgetting what the ending was. I don't know, man. Now you got me thinking. Maybe I have the ending wrong. Oh, shit. What happened at the very end? It was really bad. Hold on. I've got this. (laughs) Do you have your Storks copy of this? I'm, well, I rented it. Oh, <laughs> it's on my Apple TV. All right, they're on the plane. They're flying back. They're all in their fancy Italian gear. Right. Oh, they knock over the Statue of Liberty thing. Oh, yeah, that was really bad. So they knock over Statue of Liberty's torch, and then it just cuts to like a montage of American things, like pictures of American stuff, like people in America doing American <laughs> things. Like this is really bad. What the hell is this ending? I think they didn't know how to end the movie, so they just kind of ended it and just threw up pictures of American stuff. It was really weird. 
Uh, yeah, there it is. Uncle Sam, Smokey the Bear, a Big American Flag, American Gladiators, I think. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> Look how American right. this stuff is. This is really bad. It made um, no sense. So here's the thing. Of all of the, the National Lampoon's movies, I've got like all of my favorite parts. Not a single one of them is from this movie. Yeah. Not at all. Like, like I've got great little memories of like Christmas vacation and of the original and Vegas vacation. And even the new one I can think of Cousin this Eddie. one. I'm just like, uh, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. This whole movie is just gags. Yeah. Like I'll only remember the, do you want that in the can? No, I'll have it right here. That's all I remember from this movie. Right. And then the other one that we actually didn't talk about is when he's doing, using the roundabout. Oh, that is pretty good. That is like a signature funny. He's trying to do a roundabout in England and he just Look, can't go big left. Parliament. <laughs> you can't get out of this roundabout because Americans don't know how to use them. So they just all fall asleep in the car. He's like, oh, there's Big Ben again. It's still there. <laughs> Par- Parliament. Um, yeah. It's, it's so if you're going to watch any other National Lampoon movie, watch any other National Lampoon vacation. Right. Movie. It was kind of nice seeing a lot of places that I saw on my trip and other trips I've taken to Europe. And I had just been there that seeing that view of Big Ben in Parliament from uh, I took a haunted ghost bus tour, like a double decker bus tour in England. And that's when we got to see like the view of Big Ben and that kind of thing. And uh, It was just nice memories and how it's much has changed in what the 30 years since this movie came out. Yeah. Uh, the only other two pieces of trivia I've got is that the the super epic and iconic poster. Yeah, this movie uh, was done by a artist named Boris Vallejo, who is the most commonly known for doing European heavy metal rock cover albums. And it's like the classic fantasy cover thing of like a guy standing there with a sword and the woman at his feet kind of thing. Being struck by lightning while a, yeah, while a tiger charge it. You know, that's he's that. Kind yeah. Of guy. And, uh, and then. Oh, go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that Anthony Michael Hall was going to reprise his role, but he was doing weird science instead. Good choice on his part. <laughs> and then because of that, they didn't ask the girl who played Audrey back because they were going to have to switch her as well. Right. They said, might as well switch both of them at this point. <laughs> um, so John Hughes, who is, you know, the writer of every great movie in the 80s, uh, Ferris Bueller, Uncle Buck, Breakfast Club, 16 Candles. Ugh. He got a write- writing credit for this that he didn't know he was going to receive until he saw a preview for it. And as it turns out, they had a completely different writer write the film, but they used some of his ideas from the first vacation movie that didn't get used. So because of that, he got a writing credit. He's like, oh, no work. And he got paid. That's true. Get paid. Yep. Uh, So I think that's our review of European vacation in honor of Jarman's European vacation. Don't see it if you don't need to. But it's no. I got I got some good chuckles out of it, so it wouldn't be a total waste if you happen to watch it. And if you turn on a TV and it happens beyond, and you literally can't change it to anything else, don't worry about it's, it. It's not a complete waste, right? It's not terrible. <laughs> so I think I have some music that'll be appropriate for the next segment we're gonna do. Oh yeah. <laughs> can, can you just play Holiday Road one more time? <laughs> That's what you want? You just want Holiday Road all the time? Just one more time. Yeah. Woo! Wait for the chorus. Holiday Road. 
smiling, Milan. We're smiling. Oh, every day. Uh, so this week, I bring back an old game that we've not played in a long time in a new form, and that is Euroband or Smut Search. Oh, and I have music so, for that, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Euroband or Smut Search. I think that that music makes the game much, much more sexual than it is. <laughs> it's true. That's always been our music for that. So if you're joining us for the first time, uh, there is a website called PornMD.com where there is a live search. You can see what people are actually typing into the search engine. Some of it is exactly what you expect, but some of it is insane. And some of it could even be the name of a Euro band. So here I've got the names of some Euro bands. I've got some smut searches. I pulled directly off of PornMD.com's live search. And Jarman is going to have to tell me which one is which. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready to play? I'm ready as ever be. All right. Bigfoot Mama. So a Euro band or a smut search? Bigfoot Mama. I'm going to go with a smut search. I'm sorry. That is a Euro band. Oh, <laughs> damn it. I'm sorry. Not not a great start. <laughs> Bigfoot Mama. Jesus. Uh, all right. Robot Mommy. That's very similar to Bigfoot Mama. Someone's got a... <sighs> Robot mommy. I'm going to go with, um, let's go with Euroband. I'm sorry. That's a smut search. <laughs> These are terrible. Okay. Pain wars. Well, let's go with smut search. That is a smut search. Good work. Woo. Finally got one. <laughs> All right. Boy beat down. That has to be a badly translated Euro band. I'm sorry. That's a smut search. Oh, boy beat down. No, people. Come on. All right. <laughs> Easy way. I don't know what that could be as a smut search. So I'm going to say smut search. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's a Euro, Euro band. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Fun master. Smut search. I'm sorry, that's a Euro band. <laughs> that could be a smut search. This master is fun. But in this case, it wasn't. No. Um, all right. Stocking aces. Hmm. I just don't know how that'd make any sense, a smut search. So, Euro band. I'm sorry, that's a smut search. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Big fat snake. You want me to say smut search, but it, it's got to be Euroband. That is a Euroband. Good job. Good job. <laughs> oh my All God. Right. Pink angels. I'm going with uh, Euroband. That is Euroband. Yay. <laughs> All right. It's now for the final one. I've done so poorly. <laughs> sexy, sexy USA. <laughs> Euro band. Let's be hopeful. I'm sorry. That's a smut search. <laughs> what? Sex, sexy, sexy USA was a smut search. <laughs> uh, so, so Jarvin, out of 10, you got three. <laughs> three. I get a very 
uninspiring cheer from children and for my three points. And you only got one of the smut searches right. <laughs> oh, God. And that was Pain Wars, just for everyone to remember. <laughs> and that has been Brooklyn Band or Smut Search. Euro, Euro Band or Smut Search. Oh, Euro Band, not Brooklyn Band anymore. <laughs> Well, I did terribly. I hope you listeners at home did better than I did, but it's pretty difficult, as you can tell. That's uh, right. But I think that now brings us some trailer reviews? Trailer reviews. Oh. Here at A Play on Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. To burn it. Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short. Maybe it was cut oddly. Or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll see. Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for a play on nerds. That patent is still pending after all this time. Still pending. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think that we're in competition because we're using copyrighted material of, of Shut Up and Take My Money. So oh, that's true. Yeah. So Shut up and be, take my money. Wow, that's loud. a while. <laughs> All right. So what do we want to review first, Steve? I'll talk about the one that I kind of picked out, and that is the kid who would be king. Let's hear it. Help! Somebody help me! Hey, leave him alone. It's a tough world out there. And it's getting tougher all the time. And the world is not going to change. Hello? Is anybody here? It's you that has to change. Something amazing happened. You have to see what I found. There's something written on the guard. Put it into Google Translate. It means Sword of Arthur. What if it's the sword in the stone? (laughs) Alexander Elliot! It was you who drew the sword! This realm faces mortal danger! There are four days until the solar eclipse, when Morgana will enter the world of the living. And I'm supposed to stop her? That's ridiculous. I'm 12. I thought Merlin was supposed to be an old man. You look about 16. An ingenious alias, in order to monitor you incognito. (laughs) You will need to assemble a team of knights. Arthur's knights gathered at a round table, so that they were all equal. Quick, Bettis, lift up the flaps. See? Oh my god, you're such a nerd. This is destiny. The five of us won't stand a chance on our own. We need to raise an army. Who will join us? How humiliating. This is instead of lessons today. Awake, my worries. This is the worst and best and most terrible, excellent thing that's ever happened to me. Where did you learn how to drive? Mario Kart. Mum, don't freak out, okay? Lady of the Lake, please return Excalibur. All right, that's it, actually. <laughs> Cuts wow. out there. Uh, yeah, I uh, I love this trailer. Yeah, I thought it showed, like, it gave me enough about the film. You know, we know it's going to be some sort of King Arthur side to parable tale kind of thing. We're going to know the beats. We're going to know the plot points, but they didn't show too much, which I appreciated. Right. 
Uh, I like the idea of like a young Merlin. Yeah, and I think the idea is um, because you know who's cast as Merlin initially, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, so I think he's gonna like youngs himself down so he can better communicate with his young people, which I think is such a great idea. And uh, uh, the lead is Andy Circus's kid, who looks a lot like Andy Circus if you look at him again. Uh, a little bit, he does. Yeah. A little bit, he does. Um, and I don't know. This looks like a fun, whimsical family adventure film. But like well written, a lot of that, that, good budget. That, that looks like it would be enjoyable by a mass audience, not just kids. And that's kind of a rare thing to say and see. Yeah. Like I, if I had kids, I would be excited to take them to see this movie because I think it'd be a good message. It'd be fun to watch. Uh, family friendly, but not like saccharine and cheesy. Um, yeah, it just looks really good. A solid family film. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say give the give it a buck. Because uh, while I may not go out and see it in theaters, if it shows up as a cheap rental on iTunes or Redbox, I'll probably pick it up. Yeah, me too. Give it a buck. And Patrick Stewart's in it, so you can't go wrong. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and next we have a original Netflix film, which we don't normally do in our trailer reviews, but it's been all the buzz on the internet just recently. It's called Bird Box, starring Sandra Bullock. That's the main voice you'll hear in this trailer. How have you been feeling? Have you been sleeping any better? Oh, rough. Then again, I never slept well before. This condition. Condition? It's called pregnancy. It's okay to say it out loud. Something's happening. Can you just please drive? Did you see something? What's going on? People describe seeing an entity that takes on the form of your worst fears. Oh my God. What are you looking at? What did you see? What is wrong with you? Please stop it. We can't stay here. Every contact we have had with the outside has brought us death. Dear kids, they deserve hope. Every single decision I have made has been for them. Listen to me. We are going on the trip now. It's going to be rough. If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. But under no circumstance are you allowed to take off your blindfold. Do you hear that? The creatures. All right. Uh, so a lot of people are drawing parallels to this film from uh, The Quiet Place because it's basically... One of your inverse. yeah, one of your senses is gone. You're taking care of your family, trying to survive some strange creature that's killing people. Uh, in this case, it's if you look at the creature, it becomes your greatest fear. And my cat just jumped on the table. Get the fuck off. <laughs> um, so if you see the creature that becomes your greatest fear, then you probably die. Uh, so everyone has to be blindfolded if they want to survive, so they can't see. Um, and so Sandra Bullock trying to protect her kids. Her partner is uh, Sarah Paulson in the beginning, the actress and other actors in this movie, John Malkovich, BD Wong, uh, Lil Ray, who became really popular from get out. Uh, who's in this, right. Um, who is not very funny on his own. Cause he was, I've seen him in some things like stand up and that kind of thing, but he's really good in films. So I'm for it. Um, but yeah. what do you think of the trailer? Um, I'm with you. I feel like someone should have said, Hey, isn't this a little soon? Yeah. After quiet. And someone said, no, it's not shut up. <laughs> uh, and they were like, well, is it going to make sense if people can't see a 
why, like, why would we take away their sight? It doesn't matter. We'll just write something after we get the, the actors. It'll be fine. Um, I don't know. It's Netflix. Not, they haven't been putting out everything as a gem, like nothing, not everything has been great. Um, I'm kind of done with Sandra Bullock. I've never been super impressed with her as an actress. I loved she early kinda, Sandra Bullock. Like you ever seen love potion number nine? I think it's her first film. It was, uh, maybe and she was good in speed, but like the stuff she's known for, uh, what the, the strong side what was that one? Oh, the, well, she's known for those, um, where she plays the FBI agent who becomes the, uh, Oh, miscongeniality, miscongeniality, all that stuff. The Blind Side, uh, which was her blind Oscar side. thing. There we go. But this film I like because it it's not portraying her as very. The first thing she's not trying to do is look pretty. She's trying to be like a tough mom, which is kind of neat. She's not really done a lot of roles like that. Like Ocean's Eight, she didn't do that. Uh, blind Side, she didn't do that. Um, the Gravity, she didn't really do that. So she's playing a very tough in your face character, which I kind of like, and a lesbian, no less, which is interesting. But um. I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of for it. it looks- I'll give it. I don't know. I'll give it maybe a give it a buck. My issue is also I feel like timing wise that it's coming out December 21st. I might have way to way to miss the Halloween season Netflix. <laughs> when this movie would be perfect. Instead, releasing it just in time for those Christmas feel good watches. <laughs> well, people are all home together. They want a movie to watch. I think they'll just go for it. But the weird thing is, like, I don't think anyone understands the Netflix model anymore because they have so much money that first they showed off that money i mean house of cards was initially that with having uh kevin spacey and um the other actress in that i can't remember her name now uh, uh robin Wright. robin Wright, um in a title series but also movies now they have will smith in that's in that movie um that we talked about in this podcast now they have sandra bullock sarah paulson and john malkovich in a movie like they're they must have giant studio bucks now um, and throwing it out in December 21st, like you said, like they don't even care. There's like, we have so much money. We're putting a Sandra Bullock movie out December 21st and don't even give a fuck. Like that's, that's impressive. And you're, gonna, and, and you're all going to say, thank you for the Christmas present. Netflix, you, <laughs> you piss ass peasants. As you suck on our teat, our Netflix teat, pay me 1499 to suckle. <laughs> That's why I put shut up and take my money dot 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 Netflix because you already have it and I'll probably gonna, watch this movie. I'll, I'll give it a give it a buck because they're already getting a buck. <laughs> Appropriate. This would in our old system be a get the couch ready for me because I think it looks uh, very well made. Um, I'm going to see how many parallels there are to Quiet Place or if that was just accidental. Like it just like our copycat cinemas could later on we could do Bird Box and Quiet Place <laughs> same year. That's true. That's true. So thanks, thanks, Bird Box, for giving us another copycat cinema in about ten years. We'll we'll do That's it. That's right. We appreciate it. Yeah. So there's uh, your trailer reviews. All right, and that takes us into some radical recommends. I recommend. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. All right. So what are you recommending for us this week, Steve? So this week I'm going to recommend something that you recommended to me and now I'm recommending to other people. Perfect. And this is recommended to me by you years ago. And that was uh, the game Love Letter. Oh, yes. I love Love Letter. And the edition you played was a Batman edition. I just happened to have that one. Yeah. Um, We picked up, I guess, a traditional Love Letter, like the one that's just styled after like princes and stuff. That's the first one. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, card game, folks. For those who oh, card don't know. game, yeah. very simple. Not a ton of cards, not a ton of rules, um, and it's one of those games that plays well with either two to four between two to four players. Plays really well. Plays quick, uh, easy to learn, and it went from me getting a lot of resistance from my dad and from our family friend Chase <laughs> about like, oh, is this just some other game you're going to beat us at? To like them both winning more than me, and then suddenly everyone liked the game more than I did. <laughs> Because I played initially on that trip with you, right? With then you and your wife, and I think your your two cousins. I think. Yeah, and Joyce would have been real little. Oh, like she's a real she's little a baby. Little. Um, but yeah, that's where we introduced it, and we actually had another version at one point. There's an Archer version of Love Letter that just doesn't. Some of the rules are slightly different, and it doesn't play as well. Oh, I could see that. Um, but uh, the this one, the traditional one, is extremely close to the Batman one you played right but i recommend it it's a fast play um it's simple there's only so many cards like 15 or 16 cards something like that it's not even a full deck uh and once you've played through it once you know all the rules yeah and the great thing was i first discovered it with my friends we were at a um a nerd music festival and it it felt like a lot like a convention like a nerd convention because we were waiting in line to see a show that was coming up soon so we are all sitting on the ground waiting this long line and someone broke out Love Letter, and we just broke it out. Four people played it and just played it several rounds until we got into the, the actual theater to watch the show. And it's just like a perfect quick game for anywhere. It's the, literally the size of a card box, so it's like you can take it anywhere you want to go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're playing it again. That's fantastic. Yeah, and easy to play with parents. So that's my seal of approval. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's like saying, you, don't worry, you guys. You can get this game. It'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what what is your radical recommend? So... I have been in a rush to catch up on shows and stuff since I got back from my 11 day trip because a bunch of shows started up when I got back like Doctor Who and and uh, Walking Dead. Uh, so I'm playing catch up. But the thing that's delighted me the most is something I think I already did a radical recommend for, which is The Good Place. Uh, the Good Place is a fantastic show. <laughs> and it's uh, apparently there's like a name for this now of shows that are coming out like this that are becoming popular called like Good Core or happy core shows uh, huh. because the world is such shit right now that people are looking towards shows that are just making you feel good and happy and are pleasant. Um, and the good place is definitely that, but it's with um, Kristen Bell and she's absolutely hilarious in it. She's not a good person in the show. She's just terrible. Um, the premise this is not giving anything away is first episode. She gets into heaven by accident. Um, she's trying to hide the fact that she's not supposed to be there because someone else with the same name was supposed to be in her place. Um, and it goes and Ted Danson plays um, Michael in the first episode. He's basically like, you know, the guy who's in charge of the good place to make sure you have a good time while you're there. Um, and it gets crazier and crazier from there. Lots of crazy reveals and other characters. And uh, the greatest thing is that there's a guy playing a monk initially because he's there by accident as well. Uh, I shouldn't give that away, but there's a character who's from Florida. We'll say that much. Uh, and so they okay. make, they make a lot okay. of Florida jokes and Steven and I grew up in Florida mostly. So we, it's, it's appropriate for people from Florida, but, uh, recommend again, <laughs> the good place. It's just so heartwarming, but also really sharply funny and intelligent. Um, so a good, and for network TV, that never happens. So it's true. It's rare. It's, it's rare. The first two seasons are on Netflix. Season three is happening right now. So go watch the first two seasons on Netflix. It's half hour episodes really easily palatable go for it and that's my radical recommend all right do we have a thank you section we do not well the hell with all of you then 
That's what Steve always says. You sons of bitches. <laughs> we love every, all of you. Every one of you is dead to me. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, actually, I, I will just tease this and not say a word more. But we might have a big video project on the horizon for a play on nerds. That's all wow. I will say. Is it more uh, like puppet thumb theater or no thumbs, but <laughs> puppets are involved. Oh my God. But well. actual video production with actors and sets and things like that are on the horizon with puppets. Okay. Well, this is all right. Neat. <laughs> Steve's just now hearing about this too. So yeah, this is, this is a revelation to me, <laughs> but that way down the line folks. So don't get your, don't get too excited, but it's going to yeah, no, don't hold your breath. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for joining us for episode 104. Uh, we'll keep bringing it back to you regular the way we were now that Jarman's back from his great in- international travels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but in- <laughs> and Admiral Dom is also back. Very, very excited. Uh, <laughs> my throat. But uh, until then, we will keep being your nerdy co-hosts as long as you guys keep being our nerdy audience. Thank you again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Oh, that's a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in, folks. It's live. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to yeah. like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. Yeah. And how. What does that even mean? I don't know, but I love that we left it in. (laughs) 